You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. Nelson Mandela once said, it always seems impossible until it is done. He would know, I think. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> That's the truth. I felt that before. Uh-huh. And Winston Churchill said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. Actually, that's a really good reminder. Success is not final. That's right. I don't always, I don't think of that. Don't I think rest, failure. Yeah. Rest on your laurels. <laughs> uh, and then Helen Keller said, a bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Well, each of these famous people are talking about aspects of our topic today. Perseverance. Uh, this is another episode in our Cultivate series, and we're always saying it's so much better to elevate what you're looking for in your children, the virtues, rather than squashing what you don't want, the vices. So we've been talking about how you can cultivate character in your kids through the years. Right. So with perseverance is what we're talking about today. Some visions obviously are achieved in a short little bit of time. Nehemiah from the Bible famously completed his wall around Jerusalem in just 52 days. Yeah, that's kind of how I'd like my my life to go. Oh, yeah, me too. Can we just do all construction projects like that? (laughs) But unfortunately, most take much longer than this. Yeah. There's the famous story of Thomas Edison failing a thousand times before he was successful in creating the light bulb. What would have happened if he had just given up on that? We'd all be going to bed at 6 p.m. when it gets dark out. Some days I would like to go to bed at 6 p.m. Yeah, so let's consider some more examples of perseverance. Moses worked for Jethro, his father-in-law, for 40 years, and then he spent another 40 years leading the Israelites through the wilderness. Definitely perseverance. Right. Joshua spent 30 years conquering the tribes of Canaan. Yep, and one of my favorite examples of perseverance is William Wilberforce. He spent 20 years fighting to abolish the slave trade Mm -hmm. in England, and he succeeded. Sir Isaac Newton's mother pulled him out of school as a boy so he could run the family farm, at which he failed (laughs) miserably. But this is key. Realizing her son was not meant to till the land... That means knowing her child. Yeah. She's, she let him finish his basic education and was eventually persuaded to allow him to enroll in Cambridge University. And there is where he went on to become one of the greatest scientists of all time. Yeah. Just, I mean, think about all the amazing things he discovered in physics and math. And then there's J.K. Rowling, who wrote the first Harry Potter book in 1995. She was rejected by 12 different publishers. And even Bloomsbury, the small publishing house that finally purchased her manuscript, told the author to get a day job. Mm, Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I know a lot of writers who just keep a stack of all their rejection letters Mm -hmm. because someday it will be proof Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I persevered. So the question is not if we will need to persevere in life, but when we need to persevere, will we do it? Mm. Okay, what is perseverance? Well, I like this, this uh, definition. Sometimes it's just called grit. It's persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. 
So it's it's got an aspect of delayed gratification, a little bit of stubbornness thrown in, mm-hmm. um, some mental toughness, determination, maybe a clear vision for what you're working for when you're like looking at the long, long examples of perseverance we just talked right, about. Right. Hmm. Okay. Because you know what? Life can be hard. and It and is hard. <laughs> I don't know any lives that are not hard. Yeah. So perseverance, it's important. I, I thought it was interesting that uh, the research shows that grit may be more important to success than IQ or talent. Right. You know why? Because a lot of the people with high IQ and high talent give up. Mm. It's not as easy as they thought. And it's the showing up that matters. Yeah, especially people who are very, very gifted. A lot of things in life are easy for them for a long time. Mm-hmm. You just see like they just, you know, jump over every hurdle they encounter. And so when they finally have one that doesn't, they don't clear the first time, that can be startling. Yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, how to how to do that with your children. Because mm-hmm. certain temperaments are more apt to do that than others. Mm-hmm. So knowing your kid is great. So if your child is passionate about something, academics, sports, a hobby, whatever it is, and they continue to work hard at it after experiencing setbacks and failures, chances are they're probably showing some perseverance already. Yeah. Yeah. Our sports episode, um, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of examples of perseverance there when we talked to Lori and, and Amy. Yep. And I think that those kids, for some reason, maybe their parents are helping them do this, or maybe it's just innate. They're, they're, they're able to see, um, those goals is more of a marathon and not a sprint, mm-hmm. which I just don't think is a natural, the natural disposition of a preschooler. Life is just a, a no preschoolers preschooler. just sprint from one thing to the next. It's impulsive <laughs> and it's instant gratification. <laughs> oh yeah. Not for a preschooler. Yeah. So you're going to want to take the long view and, and we're going to kind of break it down and talk about what perseverance might look like mm-hmm. for, you know, children under five and elementary age kids. And then as we get older, Right. I think um, I heard something the other day that pertained to this. It was uh, an Olympic uh, athlete. She was saying her coach, she was not doing very well. And they were leading up to the Olympic qualifications. And her coach told her, well, just look at it like the rule of thirds. She's like, what's the rule of thirds? Hmm. And he said, well, if when you're going for your dream, and in her case, I, I think it was gymnastics, when you're going for your dream, and you've worked and worked, you know how gymnastics put in Oh, gymnasts are insane trainers, as are all Olympians, but gymnasts, I just like so many I'm hours not worthy. a week. I mean, it's a full time job and then some. Yeah. Plus school. And so hard on their bodies. And he said, so a third of the time, you should be experiencing great joy and feeling like, I have, I've got this. I've nailed it. This is awesome. I'm ready. Third of the time, you should just be feeling, ah, okay, that wasn't a bad day. That was pretty good. And then a third of the time, you should be feeling like that was terrible. I'm not really meant to be in this at all. I don't even know why I'm trying. Like a really, really bad day. And I thought that was a great perspective just in general. Well, life in general, mm-hmm. marriage, parenting, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. It's always a rule of thirds. You're never going to be on top of the mountain, even 80% of the time. But you're never going to be down in the trenches that long either. So as long as your life is kind of in this rule of thirds where, you know, on the space of a week or a month, Pretty much things are average a lot of the time and they're, yeah, I had a couple bad days in there, but there were some really great ones too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're on the right path. Ah, and if it, if it's um, maybe feeling too easy, maybe you're not challenging yourself enough. Exactly. And if it's super hard and you keep falling on your face, maybe you're fatigued. 
Mm-hmm. That's when it's off balance and off kilter, then you're asking yourself those questions. Okay, what's happening here? What yeah. do I need to fix? Yeah. You know, tweak to get to the next the next level. Oh, that's a great that's a great thing to think about in terms of your, your own personal life, your children's progress. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, work goals. I mean, lots of things. Yeah. Wow. I just I thought it was a really good good thing. Yeah, because I think I think about it things should just sail along once I've mastered something. Mm-hmm. I don't think maybe, it does. Oh, interesting. I don't think it does. Life's not like that. But so I also looked up uh, Romans 5, 3 through 5, which is always comes to mind when I think about perseverance. And it's that verse, you know, where suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And I was trying to think about the progression of those things. Well, none of us like suffering, mm-hmm. but scripture says that's where we get perseverance. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, because think about it. What? How do? You, why do you have to persevere when it's easy? You persevere through that bowl of ice cream. Persevere <laughs> through <laughs> that fourth Netflix show you're about to watch. You know, it's not hard. Mm. You're just skating through. So yeah, the idea of perseverance is that it is harder. It hurts, or that's discouraging. There you go. So suffering. that builds character. Suffering builds character. So yeah. what happens if you short circuit that? You don't cultivate perseverance. Then. You're missing out on the parts that come after character mm-hmm. and hope. Mm-hmm. And I think we all want character and hope for ourselves and our kids. So don't don't leave out the perseverance step. I love that. Oh, yeah. Thank you for finding that. And then there's this cool Japanese proverb that said, fall seven times and stand up eight. That's really what perseverance is. Mm-hmm. Just that one more time. You can, I mean, Thomas Edison, he failed... 999 times and got up a thousand. <laughs> and there you go. Some of some research I did said it was in the 2000s that he failed on that light bulb. Mm-hmm. But it's, so it's up there no matter how many times it was. Yeah. Just phenomenal amount of right. perseverance. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always encouraged to look at examples of people who persevered. I mean, we gave you a few short ones, but um, let's unpack uh, a few people from history. William Wilberforce, he lived from 1759 to 1833. He regarded slavery as a national crime for which all Englishmen were responsible. In 1818, he wrote in his diary, in the scripture, no national crime is condemned so frequently and few so strongly as oppression and cruelty, not using our best endeavors to deliver our fellow creatures from them. So he and his friends engaged in an anti-slavery public opinion campaign that was unprecedented in history. In 1814, listen to this, they gathered one million signatures, which is one-tenth of the population, on 800 different petitions. When does that ever happen? Have that much consensus? Wow. (laughs) And they delivered it to the House of Commons. So he had to wait, uh, what was it? What did I say in the beginning? 20 years? Mm -hmm. The summer of 1833? Yeah. Parliament passed the second reading of the Emancipation Act, ending slavery in the British Empire, and three days later, he died. Mm. They actually, I think, delivered the news to him on his deathbed. He was sick and dying. I'm so glad he got to hear at least a whisper of what he'd done. But a lot of times, you know, that doesn't happen. Yeah. There's There's plenty of times where we persevere and persevere and persevere, maybe for decades on Mm -hmm. a given, I don't know, anything. Mm -hmm. And you don't see the end of it. You may not get to see the end of fruition and what what all your seeds grew after you. Yeah, I mean, Hebrews 11 is filled with the heroes of the faith. And then there's all these inspiring people, right? And then at the end, it goes through the list of all the people who basically died without seeing, 
you know, what they were hoping for. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't say they don't ever get it. Right. They just didn't get it in this life. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that's striking. It's not, it's not really the movie plot that you want (laughs) to... Right, and that not you a nice little resolution, <laughs> but and happy little yeah, bow at the yeah, end. Exactly. No, 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 no. So think about that. William Wilberforce's life, his all that long years that he just worked and worked and worked and worked for that public campaign, and think about it in terms of your own life. So when you discern a vision and believe that it's from God and you're going on the right path, ask yourself that question: Would you be willing to persevere over this for the next twenty years or more? You know, Bonnie. There's some things I've prayed for, <clears throat> for, and not consistently, not persevering. I would say it was more like, oh, yeah, get back on that. Because mm-hmm. it's discouraging when you don't see movement, any kind of movement, really. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't think I've done anything. Prayed any prayer. What have I done for 20 years? You have that I've like, been a parent. Yeah. I, I think mean, in our world, that's. I mean, I've not had a career, so to speak, mm-hmm. but that was my job. I felt that that was my kingdom work. Yeah. So I guess I raised children for 20 years. That's nothing. But that, that was, don't scoff at that. That was encouraging. <laughs> like I saw like all these great benefits and gifts when I didn't, when I've said so this like particular prayer issue, when I'm not seeing any movement, I get discouraged and I'm just like, ah, mm-hmm. I'm not praying about that today mm-hmm. or I don't even think about it at all. Right. Stick it on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. So just, I mean, I'm just convicted to go, you know what? Find your grit in some of these other areas. Yeah. I would definitely say I had grit in raising my kids or homeschooling them mm-hmm. the, and with the, that rule of thirds. Yeah. yeah. Where you felt, ah, yeah. what am I doing? Exactly. <laughs> or exactly. this is a good day. Or I really feel like this, we've hit our stride. I, I can say it in that area, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm just reflecting here. Hmm. There's, uh, you know, St. Augustine, one of the big church fathers. Everyone's heard his name. Yeah. He did not always used to be the Augustine that we think of. He used to be kind of a rebel and a reprobate, and he wanted to go off and do his own thing. But his mother, Monica, um, prayed for him for 17 years and just kept on and on and on and on until he became the Augustine that we know today, one of the greatest theologians in the history oops, of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think a mom, a mother's prayer is different, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably mm-hmm. more um, oomph behind why you would want to pray for a child, but any other prayer. Yeah. I mean, a nation, Beautiful. to pray for a specific nation or to pray for, I don't know, that's something that you might think is a lost cause, like, like back in England when yeah. they thought slavery was... Why even bother? That's never mm-hmm. going to change. Mm-hmm. Don't believe that. Wow. All right. So there, so now let's move on to another cool person in history, Dr. David Livingstone. He um, lived you know, during when Wil- Wilberforce also lived. He was born in 1813 and died in 1873. So he was younger. Well, as a child, he worked in the cotton mills to help support his family and he learned perseverance by putting himself through medical school and becoming a doctor, following in the footsteps of Robert Moffat and going to Africa as a doctor and a missionary. He was also a champion of the anti-slavery movement, and he used his influence and experience to fight the great wrongs in the society of his day to blaze a path for other missionaries to follow in the villages he went to. 
He believed he wasn't called to preaching as much as he was called to finding routes and resources for trade that was, would displace the profit in slave trading. How clever mm. is that? Working tirelessly toward this end. So he was also kind of working in a different way than Wilberforce uh, was. So Wilberforce is back in England, hitting it from their government's perspective. And Livingstone is in Africa going, let's find some other routes here. Right. Let's just, let's choke off the economic benefit. Exactly. And so that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And then there's Mary Slessor. She grew up in, in poverty, in the slums in Scotland, with the alcoholic father, didn't look like there was much hope of changing her circumstances, not much of a promising start, but her childhood gave her this tenacity and a strength that would serve her well. And she also went to Nigeria, to Africa. Uh, she grew up hearing her devout mother read the mission paper every month, and in her heart grew a desire to share Jesus with others. And she was 27 when David Livingston passed away, and she decided she's going to go and continue his work to reach all of Africa. So she did. She went where no European had ever been. <laughs> this young woman in that time period. So, yes, yeah, so countercultural uh-huh. for a woman to do that. And she faced, as you might imagine, life-threatening illnesses and hardship, but they termed her Mighty Mary, and she did not once consider giving up. She lived with Okyong and Efik people for 15 years, learning their languages, helping them settle disputes, educating them, overcoming superstitions, giving them an idea of what women's rights might be. And she earned their love and respect and was able to spread the gospel to areas that no other missionary could. So cool. Mm-hmm. She and Gladys Aylward. Mighty Mary. They're, they're a boss. <laughs> so, okay. So, so encouraging. I, I would highly recommend moms. There's so many good missionary biographies, um, like the ones we've just shared with you. One of the ways we can teach our kids perseverance is by sharing the super cool stories from, you know, from Mary Slessor to JK Rowling mm-hmm. to Helen Keller. Um, there's so many people in history who have persevered. It's inspiring. It is inspiring. And it, and it helps you feel like you're not the only one struggling with something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Cool. But there's other things we can do day to day. And let's just, let's unpack some of those things you can do with your kids. Mm-hmm. Right. It just comes t- teaching perseverance, cultivating that virtue in your child just comes on a daily basis when your child is learning how to deal with a minor setback. And there's going to be a minor setback. Pretty much in every 24-hour period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What we want to do is help our children struggle and fail well. Brene Brown says this, hope is a function of struggle. Well, that's Romans 5. Yep, Bonnie. Mm -hmm. That's the end. Suffering produces perseverance, produces character, produces hope. Mm -hmm. So when we don't allow our children to experience struggle, failure, and disappointment, we take away their hope. Don't do it. Wow. That's a really strong statement. You know, and we think we're helping by coming in, swooping in and saving the day. Or if something's hard for them, oh, let me just do that for you. Mm -hmm. Let me just do that. But in reality, you're taking away their hope, which is the chance that I can do this Mm -hmm. by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The hope that when you fail, you can try again and succeed. The hope that when you feel disappointed, there's always a chance to experience success. Mm -hmm. So it builds resilience. It does. And perseverance. (laughs) How your child deals with failure, that's a key aspect of building that resilience. If a child never fails, they may never learn to overcome obstacles. And what is life but a series of obstacles? Mm -hmm. 
learning is a process and failure is just part of that. It's not a bad word. It's not the other F word. It's Mm -hmm. just a thing. Yeah. And so this is true for our marriages too, moms. Marriages have seasons of change just like a developing child does. Mm -hmm. So there are commonly known times when marriages hit rough patches. So that first year to two years, as as you're adjusting, Mm -hmm. about the seven to 10 year mark is a very common time. And then as your kids are getting into high school and they're leaving, Mm -hmm. that's the 20, 25 year-ish mark also can be a really rough time. So it's not that there's necessarily something terribly drastically wrong with your marriage. If you, if it's feeling difficult, it could just be, Hey, you're in one of these seasons right? where you're having to overcome a lot of obstacles. You're having to readjust your expectations or learn how to live with each other in a new way. Mm-hmm. It's that rule of thirds, mm-hmm. say a 60 year marriage. What does that mean? Okay. 20 of those years <laughs> might be just okay. Yeah. 20 of those years will be awesome and amazing. And they're sprinkled in amongst each other. It's not 20 bad, 20 average, 20 good. It's sprinkled in amongst each other. And then 20 years, you might be struggling here and there. Yeah. So that's normal. Yeah. Isn't that encouraging? I think that's encouraging. Yeah. It's so encouraging. So culture would tell you that you haven't, you've picked the wrong person, Mm -hmm. alarm bells. Oh, no, no, no. Um, Not necessarily so. No, I don't think so at all. um, I don't think so at all. So what else can we do? But instead of just, I mean, in addition to just helping our kids struggle and fail well, and we can try something new. Mm-hmm. So try something new with your kid. Roller skating, a new video game, a new, try to work a new puzzle. No one's perfect at anything when they start. And so it's a great kind of more fun way to just show your child that, hey, falling down isn't the end of the world. Not winning that game, not finishing that puzzle. It's not the end of the world. Right. Or you could make it into something creative and have them come out. What's another way we could approach this? Mm. Or if this way is not working, what's something else we could do? They're going to, when they hit school years, not every kid's going to be a math whiz. Not every kid's going to be able to spell right off the bat. So you, but that doesn't mean, well, math, math then is just not for you. You don't have to learn how to add numbers. (laughs) You keep on persevering through it, and maybe you find different ways to do flashcards, or you find different ways to do memorization. And you and you definitely watch how you're talking to your child about this as they're struggling through it. You just can identify it. Like, hey, I know that math is hard for you. I'm really proud of you for trying yes. with those flashcards. I'm proud of you for trying something new. I'm, tr- right. I'm proud of you for br- being brave. Being brave. Just say the word. I'm proud of you for persevering. Mm-hmm. That's what perseverance is, what you're doing right now. Right. I know you have what it takes. I know you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. I have total faith in you. I'm not worried about that at all. Yeah. Give them that uh, encouragement and that reinforcement verbally often, especially in the areas that they're struggling with. And if you have a perfectionist, if you have a firstborn Ooh. type A yeah. gold personality, a lot of times they're the ones that don't want to try something new mm-hmm. because they're not going to be able to do it right the first time. Mm-hmm. They may fail. They may struggle and that just, I don't know, rubs every nerve in their bodies the wrong way. Those are the ones in particular that you need to try new things lots and lots of times Mm -hmm. to get that muscle memory in there. Yep. And then also moms, just talk about it. I mean, you can share with them how long it took them to start walking, how many times they fell down. Just talk it through, especially in times of Mm non-conflict when they're not frustrated. Yes. 
And, you know, maybe you see another little kid on the playground doing the monkey bars and you can say, well, this is how long it took me. Right. How many times I tried so I could get all the way across the monkey bars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, give them, use those words that we talked about and use the word perseverance. Mm-hmm. I love to see how you're persevering through mm-hmm. this because you know what that's going to give you at the end? You're going to have great character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, you know, I can remember my dad saying that. I just keep going. It'll put hair on your chest, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I was like, dad, I don't want to hear about that right now. Oh. So yeah, pointing out when they persevere, like how, this is true for every character trait we've talked about. Point out when they're doing what you're looking for. Be like, yes, that's it. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about. You, it's so much more fun to praise them. Mm-hmm. Than it is to yeah correct fun more fun for them too, and it flips the switch in your own brain when you kind of are looking for things to praise and point out that they've done well rather than what you're criticizing. And yeah, you have to address the stuff, but let's just try to praise more. So, for example, they've been maybe struggling in math, and they come home and they made a decent grade on the test. It's not all about the test grade. In fact, it's very little of it is about the end result test grade. What you're wanting to praise is the effort there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I know. I saw you working so hard on that. I saw you persevering, even when it was hard. And those days, what when you didn't want to do your homework and you did it anyway. Yeah, that's what you want to point out. Yeah, because well that's done. what they can control. Right. They may not always control the outcome, but they can control the effort. Which you and I were talking about this last week. I'm, I'm trying to think of a time in scripture where God required. A particular outcome. It's almost always the behavior. Yeah, I, I can't think of a single time he calls people to tasks, to adventures, to do hard things. But the results are in his hands. Yeah. So if we're trying to model him, that we really need to be focusing on that as well with our parenting. We, we're faithful in our parenting, but we want we just want faithfulness in our children's lives too. Mm-hmm. Like God take care of the results. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very freeing. It is. Because um, you can control you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the pretty end. much it. The <laughs> end. It's <laughs> the end of your influence. <laughs> yep. That's for sure. Mm. So I was thinking about this on the way over here before we started recording this morning, just a little bit about uh, commitments in general and quitting and how you talk your kids through, mm. do I want to quit? Should I quit this activity or, or whatever it is? And... Um, you know, there's a lot of families who have this psyche of we're not quitters. We do not quit things. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, that I'm trying to think of when that came up. So it came up with sports, with piano. I think maybe halfway through one little soccer season. Yeah. Preschool soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of ours wanted to quit. And we said, no, we committed to this. It was kind of a very low time commitment. Yeah. And so we, we made them finish and we just said, we'll, we can just not re-enroll the next time. But the reason for finishing was, was why? Because I wanted them to see like, when you said yes to something that you needed to keep your word, like their team was counting on you being there and that kind of thing. So there's that. But, but then with piano, we just said, not yet. We didn't say a, a straight no. So in the junior high years hit and things got difficult. Mm-hmm. We just said, no, we're going to continue and we'll talk about it again in you know, some months from now. And then that urge to quit was gone. 
Hmm. And, and um, I don't know if he just got, had conquered the difficult pieces he was working on, or maybe he was, it's junior high. Oh my goodness. Right. Who, I know. Who knows <laughs> what kind of things were going through his head. But I just thought, you know, you're going to want this skill down the road. I'm going to, I'm going to require that you continue with it for yeah. right now. Right. Right. We had some of those too. Karate, certain things yeah. that we were like, no, if it's a team, I think it's different. You're giving your, this is older kids, obviously, but you're, you know, you're going to be on the cheerleading team. Well, you said you were going to do that for a year or, yeah. or any kind of team like that. Like you yeah. said, other people are counting on you. That makes a difference. But, um, what, what about when it gets into, I don't know, a job that they hate. Mm-hmm. They just hate this job. Oh, they can't stand the people there. They don't like the work environment. It's just dragging them down. Or, I mean, starting into junior high, high school, a relationship. Mm-hmm. You've, if you've pounded home this, we are not quitters. Mm-hmm. We, are, we don't give up and we've made commitments. Um, I, I think I would just caution you to be careful with that a mm-hmm. little bit because you want them to quit. You want them to yeah. be able to say, you know, I know I said I would be your girlfriend or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Or even a, just a friendship, you know, where yeah. just like, mm, friendships have seasons sometimes. So I, I mean, what you want to do is one of the things that helped me a lot in the midst of all those decisions as a mom is what is my child characterized by? So are they characterized by starting and stopping a whole bunch of things? Mm-hmm. That's one thing. If they're not characterized by that and they're in a job that they really, really hate, then yeah, we're going to sit down and talk about the options for quitting and doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the, um, I just thought that was an interesting thing. I think a lot of times we, as parents, it's just kind of this, this is the way we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And we are going to play soccer. We, you see how I'm using mm. that? We're playing soccer. And you're the one out on the field running around, but it's sort of like the trophies for me. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to teach our kids, we have to walk our kids through their why. Now, why is it mm-hmm. you want to quit this? Because you are feeling anxious or incapable or not good enough? Or is it because you're like, you're literally having panic attacks every mm-hmm. time you get on the field because you hate this in every fiber? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's, those mm-hmm. are different things. Yeah. If, if you just are feeling incapable, well, it's possible that you haven't learned the skills yet. Mm-hmm. And like you said, maybe not yet. Maybe we don't quit yet. Right. But if you are, yeah, if it's really... <laughs> staggering if your mental health and you just start, this is not your people and the way you feel when you're with them is bad and all of that that's a different story so you're walking your kids through decision making i think you see this in college a lot do i go back next semester you know i don't want to go back i don't want to do it i was talking with a family recently and their child is taking a semester off well there's been some really cataclysmic changes Mm. in their life and it's like you know what I I just think that's so wise let's just take a semester to regroup here so yeah you definitely got to take context legalism is the lazy person's decision making tool Mm -hmm. because you don't take any context you just it's black and white you just we're we always persevere the end right but when you start taking things into context and you've got to use your God-given brain and your your mother's intuition and the Holy Spirit's guidance and counsel. Well, that, that just takes some discernment right. and some time and prayer and advice from wise friends. Yeah. 
It's a little bit longer process. It is. And I don't think our kids are born with that. That's what we're walking them through when we're trying these new things or we're, you know, putting them on a sports team for a season or whatever it is. That's that's kind of the point of all that stuff. It's not so that they'll eventually be baseball stars or, you know, piano virtuosos or whatever it is we're imagining. But it's so that they can walk, learn how to have an honest conversation with themselves, be self-aware. What, well, what really am I feeling here? Is it because I hate this job because I really rather be hanging out with my friends or watching Netflix? Like only they know mm-hmm. what their inner reason is. And they need to be able to listen to that. Mm-hmm. Listen to their gut, listen to their intuition, listen to what God is saying to them. And if you're not walking them through their inner whys, kind of teasing out those reasons, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they're as capable of doing that. But it's not just yeah, an automatic no. No. skill to have. Back to s- several of our episodes where we said, like, when's the most rapid brain change and development? Mm-hmm. Baby to toddler and teen years. Yeah. You know, they're still, their brain is still building all of those components to, to be able to make those kinds of decisions. Mm-hmm. You need to help them. Yeah, I agree too. And, and it's not a bad idea to look at your own why, look at our why as parents too. If it's just, why am I insisting on piano? Yeah, why am I insisting on? Why is it on, that important mm-hmm, to me? Mm-hmm. Is it really that, yeah, quitting rubs me the wrong way and I think they need it? Or is it because, I don't know, something from my childhood and my parents told me I never was going to quit. So we're not going to do that either. Like, dig that up a little bit mm-hmm. and figure out your why. The great thing about parenting is you get to work on yourself. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been such a great discussion. But circling back to Thomas Edison, when a reporter asked him, how did it feel to fail 1,000 times when you were developing the light bulb? Edison replied, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. What a better way to look at it. That's so great. Yes. I need to carry that with me into my into my future. Yeah. And think of it that so way. So what are you now creating that's a thousand steps? Yeah. What can you tell your kids? Oh, you're just on your, your 499th step right now. <laughs> yeah, like you're only halfway. One, um, one I read C.S. Lewis is just, he's got such a way with words and explaining things. I've, I read this this morning and not even in preparation for this podcast, I just came upon it and I thought, oh, this is so good. It's from his letters to Malcolm, chapter six, and it says this, have we any reason to suppose that total self-knowledge, if it were given to us, would be for our good? Children and fools, we are told, should never look at half-done work. And we are not yet, I trust, even half-done. You and I wouldn't, at all stages, think it wise to tell a pupil exactly what we thought of his quality. It is much more important that he should know what to do next. Mm. The unfinished picture would so like to jump off the easel and have a look at itself. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Do not compare your middle to somebody else's end. Oh, so true. This is such a good episode. I love this perseverance category. I needed some more of this for 2023. So go (laughs) forth and conquer. That's right. Write us another book, Bonnie. I'm trying. I'm working on it. <laughs> Check out Light to the Hills. So good. Thank you. It's such a good, such a good book and lots of perseverance in that. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you're going to uh, get all these resources on our website at justaskyourmom.com. And you can connect with us as always on Facebook and Instagram. And we ask that you please take five seconds to rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends and family. 
We love it when you do that. That's the best way to grow. And send us your questions or topic suggestions to just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, just Ask, ask your, your Mom. mom.